Any opinions expressed are my own and do not reflect the opinions of anyone outside of Independent Left Media, LLC. I think I liked it better being blind When I couldn't read between the lines And when I couldn't see the cracks in the structure That lay there before me the whole time I think I liked it better back when I Suspended disbelief and swallowing pride I thought I knew the difference in the red from the blue But they both bleed us so dry They both bleed us so dry My favorite songs don't hit the same way I get to the end of a four minute track And I'm only looking back thinking What did they actually say? So I try to sit down with my wife and watch TV But I just see propaganda elevating the police In the simplest of sitcom banter And tiny little altars full of offerings to corporate masters In every well-planned wide pan shot Of the name brand stocking up the pantry Pull back one long tracking shot Out to the garage to the logo on the Camry Nice tight shot of the Camry Close up view of the Camry, slow pan up on the Camry, long slow zoom to the unmoving human who is up in the front with nice the tool pumping fumes to him straight from the back of the Camry. Ashamed he just could not provide for himself, let alone for his family. It's a blue pill mindset that spent 2020 making dance beats. Which explains why a lot of us are so fucking happy Quick to take the trip for all its trappings Never one to ask what's up, what's going on Or God forbid what's happening A lot of us would strap into the ride And then spit right in the eye of the guy Whose job it is to snap your fastenings But maybe we're all born with that capacity Maybe each of us comes standard With humor, compassion, malice, and audacity some of us are blind to the system, but some see it fine and say this is how it has to be. Some of us can stare wide-eyed at a nationwide human catastrophe and only offer platitudes and recipes. And I wish. 
wish that I could tell myself that nothing's worth obsessing past my everyday necessities. I wish that I could cry fake news over anything that threatened me, tune out our abuses and consume a little levity. Wish that I could offer up my son a smoother destiny. Wish I had some better lessons for how best to answer questions for the things I've been perpetually questioning. But I'm too busy looking at our leaders wondering what I might be missing from their messaging. Trying to find the reasoning to let a quarter million people meet an early reckoning. And even though I know the truth, it's hard to swallow something that's so literally sickening. Hope is ever dwindling, COVID ever beckoning. Winter slows your breathing, but your pulse is ever quickening. Even though I know the truth, it's hard to keep listening. I'm done with my epiphany, my innocence is blistering. I'd like to think I'd taste the earth before I'd ever kiss the ring. Hard to speak the truth and harder still to keep listening. Sometimes I think I miss being blind when I couldn't read between the lines. And when I couldn't see the cracks in the structure that lay there before me the whole time I think I liked it better back when I Suspended disbelief and swallowed pride Thought I knew the difference in the red from the blue But they both bleed us so dry Both bleed us so dry They both bleed us so dry. Legend says that Hercules swept Cerberus right off his feet and effortlessly set him down softly as a songbird. Atlas kept the world upon his back and every day wondered whether he could stand it any longer. And Tarverveed came out to say the man they tried to label the messiah of morality was really just another rapist. And I don't intend to hesitate when asked who was the stronger. Taro, like Assange, knew that carrying the truth would be the hardest labor. Tara knew that her assailant wasn't gonna make us any safer and knew he's just the type of man to hand a decent foreign leader U.S. printed walking papers and knew he'd be relentless and aggressive in the war he'd wage upon her very character that his attempts to weaken and degrade and embarrass her would be her only compensation but I strongly doubt that anyone could ever have foreseen the stream of hate that came from quote-unquote progressives and the self-styled titans of survivor advocation. So if you really think there's something to be gained out of sharing your pain with the world, you are sorely mistaken. 
The Biden team just drug their feet addressing Tara's allegations until they had a decent list of smears, then they aired them out on every station. And it turns out no one wants to hear the truth of who they praised as being worthy of such bloated liberal celebration. That no one wants to really know the person they've so valiantly defended, even when it meant they had to gloat and shit all over someone braver than they'd be if given the occasion. Now cue the faceless comment squad invasion. Cue those fuckers crawling out the woodwork. Independent left dot news. Independent left news. Indie left news. Independent left news. Oh yeah, and I get news from Independent Left. Thank you, Independent Left dot news. They actually put up posts of different shows, different things going on. Check out Indie Left. They're doing a lot of good things. They're on Twitter and Instagram, and they've helped promote our show a lot. Thanks for the work you do behind the scenes too. This man does our Discord and some other help, so I just love to shout him out. Thanks so much, man. Yeah. They kind of really do a great job of pushing. Thank you, Independent Left, for reminding me of that. Check out Independent Left dot news. Indie left dot news. Indie left. Shout out. What is going on? Now, because oh, did, 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 can you can you hear us now? I think you can hear us now. Yeah. It's Sunday night. It's Valerie. Hi, it's Graham. When you what? When you peak that far, but yes. What do I peak? How hard am I peaking? I peak. Yes. Well, you peak the mic very hard. We all we all peak sometimes. Everybody has a peak. So it, just, and it completely mutes your high register, which is just funny. Isn't that great? Well, that's what you set up in my awesome mic, so that's great. So, hi everybody. Uh, it is Sunday night. It's ten o'clock, so Eastern. So that's time for how did we miss that? So I'm just happy to be here. Uh, we had a week off last week. Uh, had a birthday in between. I don't want to say how, when, or how many, but we had one of those pass in between and uh, took some time with the family. So it was, uh, it's it's like, it's like cathartic. It's like therapy to be back here. Um, we've got some, a few stories that to, to cover tonight and, and really excited about that. Uh, we've been all over the place too. There are some exciting new things that are about to start happening with INN. Uh, INN news coverage is really starting to take off a little bit. People are starting to pay attention to what's happening there. That's really exciting. And uh, again, just just grateful for for everybody and uh, and all the support for for Tara, for INN, for Indie Left, for every everything that's happening out there. It's it's pretty pretty damn remarkable. And in 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 light of all the fucking craziness and stupidness and I don't even know what to describe what's happening out there, you know? <laughs> um, so how you doing, Reef? <laughs> this is fine. Um, this is fine. I'm fine. This is fine. Um, yeah, I'm doing good, man. Been been doing a lot of stuff. Got on RBN this week, so that was fun. Yes, we did. Um, you know, they, they just played my mug for, you know, 20 minutes, just, you know, no stopping. So that was, that was fun. Um... But yeah, um, other than that, doing great. You know. So, so then, yeah, let's so, let, let's let's get moving. So, how do we miss that? Is a show airing on Rockfin? We are live on the Rockfin. Hello, Rockfin. According to thank you, Kit Cabello. What's up, uh, YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, Twitter, Odyssey, Telegram. We are live everywhere. Sunday nights, ten o'clock Eastern. That's now seven p.m. Pacific. Reviewing a few big stories that we have not seen covered much in our independent media channels this week. 
And that's hosted by Indy, co-hosted by Indy. That's me and founder and editor of Independent Left News, Today, and Indy News Network. And Reef Breland, this guy sitting over to my side, uh, my VP, the 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 the, the co-chair, the the creator of the Jimmy Dore Discord, unofficial, and the host of Reefer After Dark and INN News, um, and also co-founder of of Indy News Network. So. Uh, we did this together. So all the stories that were featured in our Substack leftist.today and at the top of independentleft.news during the last week or so. Uh, make sure, please, to share this link, like the stream, subscribe to our channel on all the platforms that you watch and listen, including uh, podcasts. I think that we're up to date right now with episode 35. 36 was a highlight reel. I decided to pull together a bunch of clips, and I thought I hope I hope everybody enjoyed that. Check that out. It looked like it got pretty, pretty good views, so... Um, I had fun making it and going back. It's like, wow, we actually did cover a ton of stuff. I think there's well over a hundred clips. Um, mm. Pretty, pretty wild. Again, I just wanted to cover a couple stories and now we're in episode 37 and we got crab helping out with thumbnails and reefs doing production. And we've got all kinds of support and Rockfin channel and donors. And we've got our associate producer. I want to shout out to the shadow band refugee Orale. I'm sure he's watching somewhere. Sarah Wagner do donated in the last couple of weeks. Anthony Malecki. Thank you. Eric T red on Kofi. Always uh, generous. We really appreciate that. And then we've got a uh, uh, Richard M who actually sent us a message on Facebook. So it's good to hear from you. Uh, and then, and then Richard T he's also out there and radical leftist agenda. Hi, Nikki and less bones. I'm sure you'll be popping so in if you're not there already. Uh, but again, we always appreciate all your support. And of course we, we wouldn't be doing this without without our volunteers and and we've got one here big mad crab man he's he's killing it he's going to be featured tonight also so you know some of his work we're gonna we're gonna go through uh phantom Osfanto with all our editing and clipping thank you so much fred edward making sure the twitter's happening and and even on facebook tagging everybody making sure that they're seeing and getting the name out uh darlene doing the facebook groups thank you so much and resident skeptic chris gilman handling twitter and instagram and nicole over on insta and Paco and Oz and and Crab and everybody who's doing team Ta working over on Team Tara. It's it's just a, a an amazing team effort and and a group of people that that I I just deeply adore and admire and I can't say thank you enough times. Um, and we're continuing to grow and we're talking to some more people about how they're going to help. I know uh, I'm going to give a, a little shout out now, Cheryl Spooky. I, I I hope we see you soon in in the Discord and doing some things with INN. Uh, whether this it's helping out with a show and helping to amplify that or to help with production on the back end or to do some marketing and do some canvas stuff with some some graphics or do some cutting like like oh my god if ever if anybody has not and we're going to get to this later too but if anybody has not already signed up for our brother joe at uh and, and that's on twitter at stfu shitlib oh man it's it's just been a ride and he's, he's been doing good stuff. He's been doing amazingly hilarious, great stuff. Um, and, and it's a lot of fire. So we're going to go through one of his, his latest videos today. And again, always thank you to Alex Davidson for liking and sharing every Substack post. Of course, go to the clips channel on rumble and all the clips from every episode. You can pretty much find back to episode three are all on that rumble channel. And, uh, you can find all that in the, in the link tree. Again, Rockfin channel, subscribe to Rockfin. It is free to sign up. You can get the premium sub for $9.99 a month. That gives you all the premium channels and all the premium content on the entire platform. Again, podcast is up mm. on all your favorite platforms. Just search for How Did We Miss That? 
and it will definitely show up. And I think there's about three or four podcasts that say it, but you'll clearly be able to see from the thumbnail which one's us. You'll you'll just look for the the bong and the rooster. Um, again, INN News Wednesdays would definitely check that out. And uh, Tara's got some killer guests coming up the next couple of days, the next couple of weeks. So we're excited to be producing and, and working with her on that. And what about Reefer After Dark? I know you're you're working on the next show. Yep, trying to get um, you know, a Mister a Mister Unholy Rome, uh, Rome Bathia. That would be Ooh. that would be nice. Maybe the Bank Sisters. Ooh. Maybe Socialist MMA Nick. That might be a good stream. I don't know. That we'll would see. that would that would be pull good. That together. Rome's a very busy man. Um, you know, so, but oh, uh, he said he's down at some point. So cool, man. Know, we'll get it together. So uh, without further oh, yeah. ado, let's go to this. So this is the current leftist today. Everybody can see that. That's that's the mm -hmm. uh, the substack specifically around tonight's episode. So anybody wants to find any of the links, once the episode's over, I'll put all the links to all the, the articles that I'm covering tonight. Uh, but you can see kind of what, what we're going to be going through. Links to everybody's stuff, to all the Twitters, all there in our nice water. And water is life, so we decided to go with a watercolor for the month of June. Uh, of course, all these stories okay. do come from independentleft.news. And this is the current Independent Left News. I updated the banner there so that you can kind of see all the different logos and links that you can check out. And I updated the links down here. So these actually go to all of our current channels. Pretty badass there. You can even get an RSS feed and bring all the articles into your reader from Indie Left News every day. And this updates about once a day at noon. Okay, talking about Gina Haspel. Nice. You got Ray McGovern, Off Guardian, Left Voice, Common Dreams. Okay. And then, again, Trump's allies sought to send armed private contractors to seize voting machines. That's an interesting one. You know, again, let's... Let's take a closer look at that. Oh, there's our friend Delilah Barrios. She had a, a, a sit down with Jay Buffon, so definitely check that one out. Last night, Big Mad Crab, who's in the chat, uh, he and I uh, went on Political Matrix with Marcus Cage, our friend, to talk about nice. the article that we had put together, uh, co-wrote with The Dissident. We're going to talk about that tonight. Just some of the other things that are going on. I saw uh, Frank, shout out to Franco. He went out to... Uh, to DC to the Mandarin Hotel to try to get some some info on the Bilderberg group and the Bilderberg meeting that was happening out there. Um <clears throat> so again, shout out to him for that. And really uh just wanted to get going so that we can get started. What time is it? Wow, 10 11. Oh, that's not so bad. Uh that's usual that's that's a little faster mm -hmm. than we normally do. So let's go dilly doot, dilly doot. Okay, so we're gonna go to the thumbnail and now I'm gonna switch to the slideshow. And we're going to go full screen. How do I do the slideshow full screen? And you see that, right, Reef? Yep. See that? Yep. All right. Now you're going to see that, everybody. Let's go slideshow on Indie Main. Yes! Indie got it right. How about that? All right. So. Proud of you. Thank you. All right. Let's do it. First story. Wait, some of the so so some of the Americas is definitely not where it's at. But people summon for democracy. Well, I thought that's where it's at, and then we got a little bit of an up the postscript to the story today that we're gonna have to cover towards the end here. But 
This story works that it's a progressive vision to counter U.S. dominance. And this was in the L.A. Progressive and Popular Resistance. It was uh, written in L.A. Progressive, picked up by Popular Resistance, our friends over there, talking about the People's Summit for Democracy. Okay, and you've got this wonderful picture that happened out front. Okay, talking about that Biden's insistence on continuing the U.S. policy of exclusion and aggression against Latin America has made his summit a failure before it's even begun. Sure. So then you've got the U.S. Assistant Secretary of State for Western Hemisphere Affairs asking, will Cuba, Venezuela, and Nicaragua be invited? And of course, with neither hesitation nor equivocation, that answer was no. Speaking on behalf of President, okay, he further added countries whose actions do not respect democracy, as the U.S. government views these three countries and others like them, will not receive invitations. And his seemingly offhand comment, said with the usual arrogance of U.S. officials calling the three countries regimes that do not respect democracy, sent a shockwave through the region that the U.S. was likely not expecting. Mm. And throughout Latin America, the reaction was immediate and swift. Leaders such as AMLO... Bolivian President Luis Arce. Hmm. Where'd that come from? One sec. <laughs> Thank you, Siri. <laughs> Still trying. Yeah, thanks. I have to turn on the other computer. I'm like, wait, where's that where's that noise coming from? Sorry, I have another computer that's not lighting up and fixing this. Anyway. <laughs> what? <laughs> so Bolivian President Arce, Honduran President. Castro, as well as several other heads of state from Caribbean countries, CARICOM, including Antigua and Barbuda's Prime Minister Gaston Brown and Trinidad Tobago's Prime Minister Keith Rowley, all expressed that they would not participate in the summit if the exclusions of Cuba, Venezuela, Nicaragua were maintained. CARICOM has called for a summit that ensures the participation of all countries of the hemisphere. Okay. Well, Biden's insistence on continuing the U.S. policy of exclusion and aggression against Latin America has made a summit a failure before it's even begun. Mired in controversy and yep. criticism, it's a, they have not been able to build consensus around any common agenda because of the double standards it creates. Sure. Yep. While they've already, while the U.S. may have already moved on, memories of recent coups and interventionist plots by the U.S. government in the region are still fresh. The U.S. and the OAS both helped engineer a coup in Bolivia in 2019 that overthrew a democratically elected government, put in the Añez government. Yep. Okay, so the summit since its inception has been met with skepticism by by progressives across Latin America due to the outsized or, more accurately, domineering role played by the U.S. and OAS with regard to invitations, agenda, and vision. However, this year, the U.S. seems to have underestimated the important political shifts in the region, and their impact on the political legitimacy of the U.S. So, they don't seem to have antici- we don't seem to have anticipated any challenges to our leadership of the, of the summit, but pushback against U.S. hegemony comes as no surprise to most Latin Americans and those around the world who've been following the region's politics of late. Since the last summit in 2018, the political map has undergone radical transformations, not only in progressive governments outnumbering reactionary ones across the government, against across the region but many of them have emerged out of uh, precisely out of a deep rejection of u.s backed governments and policies and the conditions they create for the people well, 
and we can name a few of them. I mean, look at what's happened in Bolivia, right? Uh, yeah. And, and then you, you've got Brazil. Guaido, and yeah, I mean, there's well, you could just pick pick a Latin American country, and we've tried to meddle there. Guaido was installed, yeah. but but I'm talking about when they when they have the chance to democratically elect. I mean, Boric is yeah to the to the left and and all of these again he's he's turning out to be more neoliberal than they thought but that's not what they thought they were they were getting uh again Zamara Castro also also to the left and uh and our friend um uh who's who am I who am I thinking of um Bolivia um Moss party. Um, I, I'm 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 yeah. losing I'm I'm I'm, 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 I'm losing the name. Um, wow, I sorry. So, uh, again, across the region, countries whose public sectors, and again, I'm sure they'll mention him because he's one of um one of the most influential leaders there is. Um, across the region, countries whose public sectors. Ours is the minister. Arce. That's that's in Bolivia. Oh, um, that's not who I was thinking of. Yeah. Uh, Moss Party, though. So hmm. he's in the Moss Party. Okay, across the region, countries whose public sectors are undermined for decades by U.S. and IMF-imposed neoliberal policies saw their societies and economies devastated during COVID nineteen, according to the UN. Okay, again. The extreme poverty rate in the region rose from 13.1 to 13.8% just over a year, representing a setback of 27 years. And more than 2.7 million deaths from COVID, the Americas represent 43.6% of global COVID deaths, despite constituting only 12% of the world population. Part of that, the outliers, it's kind of funny, in this general trend of economic crisis and humanitarian emergency were Cuba, Venezuela, and Nicaragua, which suffered some of the lowest rates of deaths from COVID in the region, in the world, due to their comprehensive strategies of, above all else, putting the health and well-being of their citizens before profit. Okay? That this policy was extended beyond their national borders from as early as March 2020. Cuba was already sending medical brigades to countries across the region, and the world to support their responses to COVID. We, you know, the, the legendary Cuban doctors that are flying to Italy trying to help, okay, with Cuba's development of five vaccines against COVID. The countries work closely and with other global South countries to distribute vaccine science and technology to promote localized production and distribution. Meanwhile, U.S. pharmaceutical biotech companies like Pfizer and Moderna were turning record profits and not sharing with the, the global South and the third world, you know, and, 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 uh, the poor, poorer nations, Africa. Um, at the height of the pandemic in Brazil, Venezuela sent oxygen to the city of Manaus, which had run out of the vital supply, despite pleading for federal aid from the Brazilian government under Bolsonaro. Bolsonaro, yeah. It's become glaringly mm. clear that countries in the region have everything to gain from maintaining cooperation and partnerships with the countries the with that the countries the U.S. declares to be its enemy. So, you know. The U.S. Mm -hmm. excuses its aggressive policy against these three countries by citing their alleged human rights violations and the so-called threats that these countries pose to democracy when... Right. What? Yeah. So, what kind of democracy right. exists in a country where a million people have died from COVID, 
2.2 million people are in prison where police kill an average of three people a day almost almost all of them yeah. black people almost three people black people three three times mm -hmm. more likely to be killed than, than white people and we're 800 billion mm -hmm. a year just this year is being spent on the military which is up making up 38 percent of global Ridiculous. military spending i mean it's it's insane insane so here's where the people summit comes in they carry forward the legacy of movements against neoliberal capitalism and U.S. imperialism that have organized counter-summits every time the U.S. organizes its Summit of the Americas. So the People's Summit's going to be held in L.A. on June 8th through 10th. That's just in a few days. Okay, and seeks to bring together voices of the people whom the U.S. would prefer to silence and exclude. Immigrant organizers in L.A. will take the stage with landless rural workers from Brazil to uh, discuss their visions for democracy for all. Feminist organizers from Argentina to New York are going to share strategies on how to fight for abortion access and counter the reactionary right-wing attacks on women and LGBTQ, LGBTQ people. Right. These unprecedented times call for more cooperation and less exclusion. These have a lot of neoliberal kind of talking points stripped in. We're going to, again, yeah, talk phrasing. about the, the neoliberal yeah. phrasing and the, the you know, less exclusion well, unfortunately, the U.S. government also denied the visas of a 23-person delegation of Cuban civil society to the People's Summit. The bonds between the Cuban people and the people of the Americas are unbreakable. And despite their best efforts, the U.S. cannot silence the aspirations of the people. That sounds very flowery. Um, for the Americas, which are on the cusp of transformative times, the age of the Monroe Doctrine is over. And tend to agree with that. And again... <clears throat> People's Summit for Democracy, definitely better than the Summit for Americas. However, however, and however. Let's go back to a two-shot for one second, and let me fix and go back and hit escape. And let's go to the Twitter today. Yeah, you're pulling that up. I'm not going to show it to anybody because it was in a DM thread, but I'm going to read it. Well, you can pull up her picture. The because picture it's relevant. There. Uh, she put up, like, a big blue picture that, like, Yes, she did. Oh, that's true. She did. Okay, and we're talking about yeah, our friend, uh, our friend, and the wonderful journalist Fiorella Isabel from the Convo Couch. Uh, she put up the Hello, website. Fam. She put up the website from the um, the People Summit themselves, and People she's planning on covering it. So, what she put up is their COVID and masking policy, which is that all participants must be vaccinated and present a vaccination card or proof of a negative COVID test within 72 hours upon arrival. See COVID 19 protocols here. All participants must mm -hmm. wear masks indoors. Masks may be removed while actively eating or drinking and while outdoors. Uh, there will also be exceptions made for panelists, speakers, and performers while on stage to ensure they can be heard and understood. So apparently COVID doesn't happen on stage, only in the crowd. Right. So, uh, only the crowd can, like, give you the cooties. Right. Only the, the poor people that the spread it around. California Department of Public yeah. Health recommends wearing a mask with good fit infiltration. This includes surgical masks and respirators, like N95s, KN95s, and KF94s. Not the... Right. Sur not the surgical masks and certainly not a cloth mask or a gaiter, which has been shown to not really be very effective. So, uh, and yeah. that was, um, yeah, COVID apparently disappears when you're a panelist on stage. And I'm not sharing this with anybody else, yeah. but us. 
But holy moly, um, that's no bueno. So that's that, that does yep. not bode very well. But a lot of the same kind of um, language that we're hearing from. Again, we're trying to be inclusive, and I I, I feel that I do. Um, right. So I actually reached out to the people for the uh, no for the which one is it the People's Summit for Democracy, and we got. We want to get some kind of media credentials. We're not going to have anybody on the ground in LA personally for Indie Left or for INN. Not that I, not to my knowledge, at least, uh, unless maybe Marcus wants to pop over there. But um, right. they, um, sorry, last bit. So they they sent me like all the press release stuff, and they said, okay, you can sign up and check out stuff here. So we're going to be getting updates from them, and we're going to be following the story and seeing exactly how they treat people. Are they going to be like exclusionary toward people who are unvaccinated but have tested negative? I would hope not. Mm. You would think. But the whole mask requirement know. thing is really weird. I mean, I went to Las Vegas mm -hmm. two months ago at a trade show and nobody's wearing masks. I mean, I and that's pretty right. pretty general public stuff. And I know we're we're talking about California, but um. It can be certainly optional, but masks required for every attendee. And, oh, oh, okay, guys. And like N95, KN95 type of stuff. Recommended. Right. But I'm sure they're going to provide yeah. you with like the cloth surgical one with a box of it right out front, even right. though they know. It's, it's so... I don't want to even talk about this because who knows what's going to happen with... Sorry, YouTube overlords. Sorry, YouTube overlords. You know, I, I think everyone kind of knows already at this point. Even YouTube is kind of relaxed, I think, on it. But Okay, so, um, I mean, the hypocrisy and the selectiveness is just beyond. Yeah. Hey, Daryl's here. Oh, my God. Hey, Daryl. What's going on, man? Good to see you. I am Brother Daryl. Everybody be following Black and, at Black and the Empire. He's absolutely fire on Twitter. Just, uh, so good to see you, man. Oh, my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. We got to get you on here one of these days. You come on, you come on anytime you want. INN News. How do we miss that? You you pick it. You say when you're ready. You're in. So I did want to go to our next. Oh, on the name of the world leader? No, the. Oh my God. Oh, Vinny Barbarino. No, Saturday night. Fever and yeah, Greece. John Travolta, Ginny, Vinny Barbarino. Oh, there it is. Yeah, that's exactly yeah, where okay. I went. Gotcha. Oh my god. Oh my god. Really? That's right. I yeah. don't. That that's not the first time. It was literally my high school yearbook. But that's really funny that you just did that. Okay. Anyway. Um, <laughs> holy crap. Uh, <sighs> god, life is just so strange sometimes. Anyway, uh, we've got our next story, which is actually a pretty good one. Um, and. Again, another follow-up to this. So, Andrea Hermanos, one of the best at Common Dreams, part of the All-Star team. Organizers herald 100th win as Starbucks unionization wave continues. 100 stores have now, this is the way. This is the way. Howard Schultz and Starbucks are getting creamed in union vote after union vote. 
I love to see it. This is actually shared in Truth Out, uh, Truth Out, and then Common Dream, you know, that they picked up Common Dreams. I like seeing those two orgs working together, two of the two of the better ones, and let Common Dreams pull Truth Out a little bit further left because Truth Out can sometimes be a little, uh, a little not not so much. Um, so yeah. tally of unionized Starbucks locations continuing to swell with the latest additions coming after pro unionization votes. Late last week in Seattle and Birmingham. Now you're in the deep south, man. They're all getting it. Yep. All right. Howard Schultz and Starbucks, they're getting creamed. That's what labor journalist Steve Greenhouse said. Uh, by, by unions, Catherine, 100 stores across the nation that have unionized. Not even trying to. They actually have. So that's really big. All right. This has got a bunch of, st bunch of slides. They were getting like soy milk instead of like creamed. Right. You know? Ah. Uh, more inclusive, like people who are like lactose intolerant come on God. so, you know? so one, one of the organizations again i know it was started i think by fast shakir who was a former bernie guy but i will say you know they do some really good videos and they've been spotlighting union stuff quite a bit i know that their shadow band will probably have a few things to say about them but um 100, 100 starbucks stores across 25 states have voted to unionize that's half the country all right workers in seattle were the hundredth to unionize Follow at SB Workers United. They've won an astounding 88% of elections decided so far. Again, first of all, it helps that the company treats their employees like crap uh, and that their requirements yep. are incredibly high. And I had, it's kind of funny, you know, I got into our Twitter arguments with people about, and it wasn't really people. It turns out that they're all pretty much bots, that they're not real people. And they have nine followers for two years or oh, eight years like and... They're just pouring coffee and blah blah blah. Yeah, right, I remember. Right, unskilled I workers, remember. right? If they want to be skilled, they do right. whatever. But okay, so milestone was achieved after successful votes Friday at two stores in Seattle. East Lake store employees 12 nothing, and then 6 3 at the Union Station store. All right, so 505 Union Station, a mile and a half away from corporate. I mean, it's right in their backyard, it's just giving them the finger. Birmingham's 20th Street yeah. South store became Alabama's first Starbucks to back unionization, 27 to 1. How'd you like to be that one guy that didn't vote to unionize in the store? Eesh. All right. Here's a shift. Su supervisor declared after the vote, our voices will be heard. Look, they've been... The problem is that they're starting to fire these organizing union workers. All right. But now yeah. that they actually have organized and now that they have a union... They can now take them to court with the NLRB and hold them accountable for this. All right. Starbucks has until later this week to file any objections with the NLRB. Of course, the neoliberal, the, the, uh, the establishment associated press, their mouthpiece globally work, uh, reported. Workers at hundreds of Starbucks uh, have filed to unionize since the first successful union drive in Buffalo. All right. So then they're told that this was a, a clip from Matt Brunig. Uh, we've covered a Matt Brunick thing about uh, why McDonald's has $22 an hour, and they talked about solidarity strikes. We actually uh, featured that last week in our in our highlights best of episode last week. Check that out if you haven't yet. Um, but what he says is that a trickle of election filings started last year, built into a wave, and Starbucks workers are winning in location after location. But what's really interesting is why aren't Amazon workers, those Starbucks workers, are. I have I have a speculation and a, and a theory as to why, but Bruning uh, analyzed okay. data from the NLRB, writing in an op-ed published last week at Jacobin, which is not one of my favorites, but cool. right, cool. 
Out of 89 election unions that had taken place at Starbucks, the union prevailed in 77 locations, which is 87% of them. Again, this is before they had their 100th right. unionization. Those wins came despite yeah. a fierce campaign against the union, prompting a torrent of unfair labor practice charges against the company, which they'll just pay people off and do their... And so here's the thing. They're now, not only are they firing the workers, now they're just closing the stores. Now that the store's been unionized, right. they'll shut that one down and they'll open one across the street. That's non-union. This is clear retaliation. Yeah, got some real bendy legs. All right. Um, um, yeah. So that was the follow-up, is the fact that on June 4th, and this was just the other day, that it came out that they're now trying to close one of the stores that, that won unionization. And they voted to unionize. Right. Um, fuck Howard Schultz. Well, obviously. Fuck Starbucks in general, honestly. Like, their, their coffee's not that great. It's over-roasted. Like, you're paying way too much for it. It's not locally roasted. And it's boinked. probably not ethically sourced. It's boint coffee, yeah. as Jackie Mason once boint. famously said. It's boint coffee. So that is our um, our Starbucks Union story, which I thought it was important to cover. Um, and I know that a couple places are covering it, but I do want to make sure that we're spotlighting workers. This is one of the things we do want to showcase and spotlight. And and you and worker wins are really important. Um, and this is where. You know, these guys, now, so my theory as to why this is working versus Amazon is because you have okay. so many people in Amazon warehouses that are all, that to get them all together into a room and to con right, come really together. At a Starbucks, you're talking, like, again, 26, 27, 30 people per location. It's much easier yes. to organize a smaller group of people and get them all on the same page. A, when they're all getting screwed on their pay, when they're all trying to get the same benefits right. and they all understand what this is going to get for them. Um, so yep. I, I, I don't know how, you know, the key may be to go smaller within Amazon and go literally like department head mm -hmm. by department head, division by division inside the warehouse. I think that's what they started to try to do. But even still, we're talking again, pods of 30 or 40 or 50 people in a, in a warehouse. Have they, have they tried uh, sending Chris Smalls over to like Armani? They tried that? Bro. Um, Bro. Bro. Sorry, what? Oh, that, that hurt, dude. That um, was pain. That was painful. a little bit, doesn't it? That kind of did hurt a little bit. I mean, um, I did want to bring I, up. Wish I didn't have to. You know, I did, I did want to bring up a tweet um, um, that from from our friend Savage Joy. Uh, so they did want to say that Dunkin' Coffee is is a better choice. Oh no question, um, no no question there. Fucking Dunkin'. There's a whole Casey Affleck thing where he does a whole oh, thing about Dunkin'. about Dunkin' Donuts coffee, and it's it's just like the one with the Wahlbergs is also pretty choice. Oh, we're over here at the Dunkin'. That's like that, that's the one. You know, yeah, exactly. Where he's hanging out the door with the know. cigarette, and they're like, "Yeah, I'm not fucking smoking right. inside." 
Oh, it's just great. <laughs> it's just great. So uh, I did want to, you know, before I get into this next story, which is going to be about student debt, and that I know is super important to Lucy. Shout out to Lucy, INN member, who's been harping on student debt, but she realizes that the people that are fighting for student debt aren't really taking hard enough approaches, and they're trying to play nice with, with the neoliberal establishment and beg people to do it. Mm. Uh, Dunkin' Donuts, oh, Colin and I are going to have to start to fight now. Oh, boy. All right, so anyway, oh, you better not teach my kids that because then we're really going to be in trouble. Um, so student debt, really important. $1.7 trillion out there. Uh, it's definitely going to be the topic that we cover tonight, but I did want to give a shout-out, and Savage Joy said, you know, all this focus on student debt, can we also give some light to, to medical debt? And I can't mm -hmm. agree with her more, honestly. Uh, there is way, way more focus Very on student that. debt, which honestly, you know, while it's, it's quote-unquote required in order to be successful in this world, it's not required in order well, they, to survive I, the way medical debt is. And and again... It's a, a one-two punch to me. I mean, it, it is and it isn't. Like, for me, like, okay... I, 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 I can attest to this because it's, uh, you know, I have a weird situation there, right? But, you know, between my weight and ADHD, medical stuff can be super sketchy for me to even go, right? Um, like, trying to get medication is ridiculous, and it's not set up for someone like me who does not have the patience to deal with it, right? Um, and in turn, because of that, if I didn't have access to that uh, that medication or medical stuff, I could rack up loads of student debt and fail. Like, and fail at school. Which is very easy for me to do because, fuck it, it's just these white people making you do dumb work and jump through hoops anyway. You know? Um, but, like, in turn, it gives me no accredit... Like, I, I have no accreditation, so I can't get a job to help pay for the medical stuff I need, you know, it's just a, a, a cycle of problems. And then if you have student debt on top of that, you know, and no job that can pay off, pay it off. It's like, you know, I'd like to deal with both please, you know? Well, yes, um, I totally. And again, so, medical debt should not exist. It doesn't exist in any other country, in other, any other major civilized country around the world. You don't have the bankruptcies. And again, it's, is serving a for-profit system in most cases, you know, because you've got an insurance middleman that's got to pay yeah. executives and that's got to pay an entire infrastructure that's redundant and massive duplication and waste in the system yeah. that's set up to make the well to make certain groups of people wealthy. And again, I did want to give a shout out and give a little bit of voice to medical debt, and uh, I did want to mention that. Uh, I remember there was a segment on last week tonight with John Oliver where his show bought out like it was like over a million dollars worth of medical debt. They bought like one of the slices from one of these uh, derivative packages. I think they paid $60,000 for it and it, they were able to forgive like over a million dollars worth of medical debt. Um, gotcha. So maybe we'll try to figure out a way to to raise some money and be able to buy off people's medical debt. And, and that's one of the things we're going to start to debt, look debt, into. Debt in general. 
Well, student debt can actually just be waived by the government uh, because they hold it all. But when it comes to medical debt, that's a burden that sits on people's heads that if you can buy it off from the hospital system that holds the debt or from whoever does, it literally changes people's lives and it for pennies on the dollar. And right. let's let's figure out a way to get that done. And it it's pretty amazing what happens there. But uh, I did want to go to our next story here. So let's go to the and let's go here. Yes, cancel student debt, bail out regular people. And this is written in other words, and it was picked up by Shear Post. And Robert Shear, I don't know if you know, he's the former editor of the New York Times. He was Chris Hedges' boss, I believe. And he still picks up uh, Hedges' articles and Lee Camp articles and excellent stuff. It's it's really just a WordPress site that republishes a lot of other stuff. They had Caitlin the other day? Yep, right? yep. They republished sure. Caitlin's stuff, Common Dreams. You know, he's he's excellent. Robert Shear's great stuff. And once in a while, he writes himself. So he picked up this Robert Alvarez uh, from Other Words, who works at the Institute for Policy Studies. All right. And what Robert is saying here is he borrowed money to pay for college, like 45 million other Americans who did the same. He owes student loan debt. Our generation was sold a pipe dream about what a degree could mean for our future. Wanted so badly for this dream to come true that left at the opportunity to take out loans. What he didn't know then was just how much the cost of higher ed education was soaring and that colleges were hiking prices to take advantage of the federal government's willingness to help poor and low-income students like him cover tuition. Talking to his college counselor about how she paid $240 a year to attend one of the best universities in his home state since... That counselor attended college inflation has risen 645%, but tuition at college she attended has risen 11,820%. How did they pay for college? Mm. Yeah, I worked a part-time summer job after school. And 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 I did that too. You know what that you know where that money went to? Rent gas and bills. Right, my McDonald's job was barely enough to yeah. keep me afloat, let alone pay for my tuition and other expenses. Either take out student loans or drop out of college, and I chose not to drop out. Graduated and eventually got a job in my field, but with the rising cost of housing and everything else, that loan debt, which is already inflated by skyrocketing college costs, now feels suffocating. It prevents him from qualifying for a good mortgage loan and makes second guess whether he can yep. even afford to have children. I mean, you've got an entire generation of people that are thinking this way. His loan is just a tiny fraction of the national student loan debt. Again, $1.7 trillion that loan borrowers owe is a massive policy problem affecting everything from housing to the job market to retirement savings and so much more. And that's why there's a growing movement on the federal government, a calling on the federal government to relieve some or all of this debt. If they canceled $50,000 worth of student loans, it would give 36 million borrowers a new lease on life. It could don't enable do all of it. Right. Okay. And that, that, that's the Elizabeth Warren plan. It could enable them to buy a house, start a family, or open a business. That's very nice. No, it sounds like a radical yeah. idea to cancel up to 50000 worth of student loan debt. It's just not. If you'll remember, Donald Trump and the Republicans, the right? 
passed a $1.9 trillion high-end tax cut 2017 that's been called socialism for the rich. Billionaires paying a lower average tax rate than the working class for the first time in U.S. history, directly responsible for corporate tax revenues plunging to near-record lows. So, that sounds like a more radical, a lot more radical, right, than helping regular people. Even writing off every penny of student debt would cost less than Trump's tax cuts for corporations and the rich. And that's cumulative forever versus that $1.9 trillion, which was not cumulative forever. That had time limits to it in a lot of cases. Biden expressed interest in forgiving some student loan debt, although he's indicated it may not be more than $10,000. I'd welcome any amount being knocked off my loan, but I fear if Biden cancels only 10000 he would fumble an enormous opportunity to improve millions of lives and give the economy a desperately needed shot in the arm. Precedent is there. The U.S. has a long history of economic bailouts dating back to 1792. The benefits are there. Studies show forgiving student loan debt would create jobs, grow the economy, and have the added benefits of helping to narrow the racial and gender wealth gaps. And maybe that's why it's not happening. Hmm. And importantly, student debt forgiveness has, a, has broad public support, including among people without a college degree and without student loan debt, as well as young people. The question is, what do you do then? How do you, how do you pay for all this? How do you fund it all? Well, it's time for the federal government um, to bail the people out. It's time to cancel student loans. Don't even have to pay for it. We can uh, just do it. How do you pay for it? Yeah, but cancel it. You can just flip the switch. But moving forward, you, you got to pay. It. Yeah, but you got to pay teacher salaries. You got to pay everybody's salaries. You got to pay to maintain buildings. You have to pay for. How do you pay for all that? I I, I don't I don't have the answer. I don't right. know. I don't know, but I mean, other other I, countries manage. They fund it, but they fund it through the government. The what government would, pays what would for Ed it. Say? Right. We just print it. Print it. Print a sign that says, "You do do whatever you need to. Go to the money printer. Get what you need." Yeah, money printer. You know? Go brr. Yeah, that's yeah. what Ed. That's exactly what Eric just said too. Yeah. Until right. you can't continue to print anymore. Like I, I guess you you always can, but. Yeah. That's not a bad no. idea. The Borg, the Borg, and 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 resistance is futile over on the Rockfin. Um, why not two years of community service? Biden wants two years of active enlisted service to relieve student loans. I, I'd I'd be down with two years of community service to relieve student loans. I, I mean, that, I, that's that's seeing as if they're physically able and or like. Well, there's you know you're talking about physical community service. There's answering phones. There's doing all kinds of things that you can do. Sure. That are not, yeah, you know, that, that are administrative level mm -hmm. jobs, work to to support right. and contribute. It just on what who deems community service? Mm -hmm. You know, sure. So okay, it could be helping. I mean, I just, like you could, we could take. Uh, I don't know. How about we not send forty billion to Ukraine, and that should do it. I'd love to not send fifty-four billion to the, Ukraine. Right. For at least like I don't know, ten years. Yeah. Like how long do you want to fund it? Like if you want it to be like that, like how long you want it to be on the you know? To me, it should be a forever thing. Like we just fund that now. That's now part of the government funding. You know, but. Like, yeah, but I would like to take a lot of that out of the military and put it into. 
you know, like our education system. I'm with you now. I'm with you now. So yeah, Nikki RLA, welcome. How are you? Good to see you, sweetie. Uh, you're awesome. Love you. Um, yeah. Okay, so we are already up to holy shit. Okay, last story, and it is our story. It's a doozy. All right. Okay. Uh, let me switch to this, and we're gonna turn off the slideshow, and we're gonna doodly doot, and here we go. Take a breath. All right. Uh, any main. Let's do it. All right. So I'll tell a little story. It happened last about two weeks ago, and we this video went around about breaking points. Forming a network. I'm like, what, what? What? And I don't know if it's actually a network. It's a loosely group, loosely affiliated group of channels. And there's even question as to whether how affiliated they are in the first place. And I certainly will get into that. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna go through this article. And I'm, instead of doing the slideshow, I'm actually just gonna scroll through it because there's actually a video that I want to play in there. And big man, shout out to Big Mad Crab for for putting that on. Um, yeah, the new INN, uh, yeah, not quite, uh, but there, there are members of the new INN and we're going to feature a couple of them here. Uh, but so when we, when we heard that this was happening, the dissident and big, big mad crab and I all kind of got together in our INN thread that we all talk amongst the members. And we're like, you know, I think there's something here. Let's write a, let's write a story about all the people that are in this group and what they have in common and what links them. And. And Greg started to put together a, a, a video with clips and says, you know, I I see a connection here. Sure enough, we start scratching the surface a little bit and yeah, we find that this one's got a little bit of this and this one's got this guy behind him. And next thing you know, we've got a pretty in-depth article here kind of exposing something that this independent network, how how independent really are they? Um, we covered this on INA News. I know Reef covered it with Rob Durden and uh, and Colin on Wednesday. They they went into a draft version of this that I had shared with them, a secret draft, before we published it. And then we went in and wrote a bunch more afterwards. Uh, Savvy Sabs covered it on Thursday with Compton J. I believe they started talking about it before it was published. And while they were talking about it, we actually finished it off and hit publish. And we went live on Thursday afternoon, June 2nd. Uh, since then, this article has come under pretty universal fanfare. Everybody seems to agree with it, like it, saying thank you for publishing it, and it's good, and I appreciate that. And shout out to my co-writers and co and and to Crab, my editor, the editor in chief over here, uh, our creative director over at INN, for assembling this video. And I'm going to start with the video. We'll start here. Yeah. Hopefully you can hear this. A little low. It's just the music. Mm. You can also turn it off that way, but you're good. That's Ryan Grimm. Somebody's criticizing AOC and the squad. I have to come shit on a random podcaster. I, I'm the DC bureau chief of the fucking billionaire-funded Intercept, and I still have to peruse in Twitter defending politicians against podcasters accurate accurate descriptions 
campaign, the, Ch the Chinese are less likely now to invade because of the setbacks the Russians have experienced there. So that's why I think the war matters there. But the Defense Department, the White House, they are doing a great job. That's what we already know, that Republicans are terrible. What I tell people is if you have a conscience, you will vote third party for the rest of your life because how dare you vote for these people? In 2020, I voted for Biden. Joe Biden, a racist, warmongering puppet and tool of Wall, of Wall Street and an enemy of the workers, and somehow you're going to pat yourself on the back of your good person. I think Donald Trump is a danger. I think he's terrible. I also know that I'm a white person, say. But <laughs> Hillary Clinton is not slam dunk 100% better than I, as, as an individual, can in good conscience vote for this. There seems to be a laser focus on one party. Blinders, earmuffs. Here you saying, David, is you're giving it an out for them to not do this. And that's no, disappointing. No, I'm not, I'm not giving them an out. Yeah, I'm you saying, are. I don't know the answer to when push <laughs> really came to shove. If you said, I want these things that you really don't want to do. And that those lawmakers should then vote in the way that, you, that we're talking about to elect Kevin McCarthy speaker. I just, I, just as a human being, as a human being, I, I you're misframing right this. You keep as a human being, you keep misframing the art, the issue. She can't get 218 Democrats. Then there's no speaker. Right. And then it kicks back to the caucus and then they, and then it's chaos. And then a whole bunch of people can run and then somebody will emerge. Uh, somebody would emerge from that process. As he points out, you don't get Kevin McCarthy as speaker. Uh, but as long as we're not arming the Azov Battalion, I have no problem arming Ukraine in general so that they could protect themselves from Russian aggression. Ripping us apart, dividing the country, making it impossible to function as a society, and making it impossible to know just what is true and what is false. That is why we're building something new, a new mainstream, a healthier one, something more trustworthy, something that we are going to need in one of the most pivotal times in American history. They are very comfortable and okay with multipolarity. I mean, they've laughed at me. So what is that? So what is multipolarity? Right, so they, they've like? laughed at me when I'm like, God, we'll be doomed to Europe. And they're like, oh, well, in Europe they have healthcare. And I'm like, yeah, but they also have no say over the global affairs of the world. I want to write the affairs of the world, the rules of the road. I want to be the only what? blue water Navy. You want to what? You want to be the what now? What a what? Okay. You want to be the world police? Policing the world? Shout out to INN. Shout out to Big Man Crab. Fire. Awesome. And we're going to do another video later on that, that Joe put together for this. but And that's going to be in, in the second oh, follow-up yeah. article. But after years of nonstop lies, many moved away already from mainstream media and began going to alternate alternative media sources. And as a result, we've seen a lane of media emerge that positions themselves as anti-establishment or populist, but in the end, they're actually serving the same corporate interests in the mainstream media. So as, I, as my, our favorite... Uh, Caitlin Johnstone put in her recent article titled Kayfabe Populism Notes from the Edge of the Narrative Matrix, quote, it's so important that the public have no real say in U.S. politics that the empire set not only set up two oligarchic puppet parties which pretend to oppose each other, but also set up fake populist movements within each of those factions which pretend to be fighting the establishment within those parties. Two legacy examples of this phenomenon in media are the Young Turks, a network that postures itself as opposed to the establishment, but often defends the democratic establishment and pushes neocon propaganda on issues such as Syria and Russiagate, among many others. In, in 
continuing to push Joe Biden, continuing to apologize for the squad uh, uh, and the homelessness thing. The, again, and we're going to get into all that. Tucker Carlson, of course, again, on the other side, this is not we are not right wing fans, but Tucker Carlson is just as much controlled opposition to allowed to be the polarity on the other side. He's the founder of the Daily Caller, a Fox News host who postures as a populist. The issue is that he consistently pushes pro-war talking points on China, has many close connections to the neocon establishment, such as his involvement with the dirty war in Nicaragua, or the fact that he previously tried to join the CIA. Grant, uh, I will tell you that uh, the dissident wrote this this portion of the of, of the the piece. He did great yeah. great research Nicaragua. on that. Both of these outlets are supported by the Republican and Democratic establishment. Young Turks took twenty million from Hillary Clinton. Clinton donor Jeffrey Katzenberg, and of course Tucker Carlson's allowed mm. to appear on the Rupert Murdoch-funded Fox News. So right. getting into this, and we talked again about breaking points, the latest example of this type of corporate-backed independent media, quote-unquote, is Breaking Points, a self-described anti-establishment outlet centered around hosts Crystal Ball and Sagar and Jetty, who left the hills rising last year at a public breakup after helping build the popularity of that YouTube channel, then started their own channel and show. In reality, the show represents a wealthier segment of the controlled opposition within the Democratic and Progressive and Republican Libertarian establishment. They help determine the parameters of acceptable political discourse. And on their May 30th one-year anniversary stream, they announced their future expansion plans with affiliated outlets. And here's what he says. Our, our year two plans are simple. And I've got a tweet right here from Sagar. Get bigger get better, and deliver better news that doesn't make people hate each other. If you can support us today, it means the world. Sign up. Just subscribe. We're just getting started. Now, what do they want to do? They want to add more on-the-ground reporting resources? That's awesome. I'd, I love to see on-the-ground reporting. However, who's yeah. funding it and exactly what's been an angle and who are they hiring to do so? Hiring new staff to expand. Well, at the same time, asking for funding. Well, Right. Um, Hiring new staff. This sounds a lot right. like like a like a two million dollar drive to hire four reporters to me. A live road show across almost, America. Almost sounds like that. Right. But this is where this is the thing that got me. That expand BP content partnerships really perked my ears. And I went, hmm. Yeah. Hmm, that really is interesting. And then, of course, the last bullet point. Yeah. Upgrade the Breaking Point studio as if they don't already have one of the nicest studios and nicest sets in independent media. Right. Now, Their what I found how much? Well, scroll up a little bit. Yeah. I don't I don't want to get into that. But what I what I want to mention is that Sagar, who's pretty pretty decent sized following, this tweet only had mm -hmm. 347 likes. That Come on, bro. I got more than that on a Joe Rogan meme. That Wow. Uh, okay, so now I look at the Breaking Points community, so partners of the show elevate Breaking Points to another level from the contributions of Maximilian Alvarez. Ryan Grimm, and others at The Intercept, on the ground reporting by Jordan Sheraton, and Sheraton. the thoughtful commentaries by Matt Stoller and James Lee. Uh, they also were talking, yeah. um, of course, about um, Dave Sirota, and they were talking about yeah. Crystal Ball, Kyle, you know, about Kyle Kalinske, and these were the logos that were positioned and mentioned in the live stream. This came straight from the live stream. Right. They put this out. This is their tweet from the Breaking Points community. We did yeah. not put this out. Just want to stress it's that. Not and been deleted. It's not and, been. And just a hundred times. I did not do and manipulate this graphic above. So shown in the graphic above, 
who are the core members of the Crystal Kyle and Friends Breaking Points Network. It's Crystal Ball, who is from Breaking Points, Crystal Kyle and Friends. Mm. These are the shows that they appear on. Kyle is part of that. Okay, and then you've got Marshall, who is from the Realignment Podcast and the executive producer at On Deck. Well, what's On Deck? And we're going to get into a little bit about what On Deck is. Okay, and then the shows that that they're involved with. Right, where they appear, mm-hmm. YouTube and podcasts. I also found it really fascinating. How is it that Breaking Points does not have its own Twitter account that like tweets out segments from the show or lets people know when when new clips have dropped or any? Yet they still continue yeah, to don't, have. Don't give them good ideas. It's it's intentional. It's the fact that they can give the the algorithm the finger. They don't have to be on Twitter, and they're still growing like that. That mm-hmm. that's got to raise some eyebrows. Okay, so. Affiliated outlets. And this this apparently got some people upset. The fact that I even listed these people at all. Um, but they were listed and they've appeared. And what I've learned more since in speaking to some of the people here, in, in DMing them and reading their responses and their reactions publicly, I'm not so sure that they knew that they were going to be mentioned in this okay. stream. They have all appeared in the first, in year one. Uh, they have all appeared in year one on breaking points. And it was almost to me in a way like a recap of here's all the outlets that we've featured and showcased on our network. In, but it was not really sold that way. Right. And it was not presented that way. And I think it took some of these people by surprise, I'll take, honestly. I'll take statements if any of these people want to. You know, send us something. If anybody does want to let us know that they that they were surprised and did not know that they were going to be mentioned on the Breaking Points uh, live stream, that would be really helpful, and we'd really like to know that. But I'm looking at this group of yeah. people that they mention, and we're saying there's there's a connection Stoller, here, at least among Aaron some of them. Stoller, Albert, like at least at least among some of them, there is some type of a Ryan of a connection. Yeah. So. We're going to start to look into some of the more questionable elements within the group and their affiliates. And originally that that was written as nefarious, and I, I don't want to call it nefarious per se, but it's certainly questionable, and it's what we're going to open up and what we're going to start to ask questions about now. The first of them is... Super sus. The first of them is um, our friend Crystal Ball, who originally ran, of course, as a Democrat for Congress. She's also not free from corporate sin. Long since operated under the progressive guise, while simultaneously she herding her audience into the Democratic machine. Following her failed congressional run, she went on to work under contract with the popular cable network MSNBC. I think we all know that. She's quite set on the idea that reforming the Democratic Party is the best course of action for the working class, as she made clear in her book in 2017. Although here she correctly documents the dissent of the Democratic Party, she rests on the case of turning the Democrats into the idle fantasy of defeating the managerial class in Silicon Valley giants via electoral politics without once mentioning or calling for direct action through her entire career. So how do you expect to achieve right. that? You cannot vote your way out of this. And that is, again, what they're trying to do. So this was a little you know, a two-minute clip that, that had been shared by the Breaking Points community, and she's reflecting and very proud of all the things that she's done and again. 96 lights, 11, 11 retweets. This is a show that has 800,000 YouTube subscribers. Right. Something, 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 something's weird. So, worse, sure. 
Crystal seemed to fully recover from the financial corruption scandal surrounding her former PAC, the People's House Project, in 2018. With a state admission of supporting working and middle-class Democratic House candidates in the Midwest and Appalachian states, that sounded a lot like it was going to support our friend Paula Jean, Crystal used yeah. much of the raised money to fund her own salary and gave less than 3% of the total raised money actually paid out for congressional candidates. According to the FEC, records show Are that she kidding? paid... Well, unfortunately, sorry, Jimmy, yes. But records show that she paid herself... $280,000, but only paid out $48,000, $766 as contributions. Very interestingly, and something else that I'm going to be looking into, and it will be in the follow-up, is the fact that the pack also paid Perkins Cole almost $18,000. Well, who's Perkins Cole? Perkins Cole. Oh, God. Um... Perkins Cole, and this is not exactly the um, most lefty outlet, of course, but Perkins Cole is a law firm that Michael Sussman worked for. Okay. Michael Sussman is the lawyer that lied to the FBI about the Steele dossier, who was just declared. Oh, that's it. Direct ties to the Clinton campaign. So. Hmm. Who are, who were the expenditures paid out to over her 2017, 20, and this is just one year of her pack. Okay, you see right. Blue Dot Consulting got $11,000. Per, uh, Perkins Coy, yeah. Coey, I'm sorry, not Cole, Coey. But Ker Perkins Coey is is the uh, law firm. Oh, sure. Gotcha. Am I, am I right here, Perkins I'm almost, I'm almost sure of it. Back up one. Am I, am I not? Am yeah, I drawing like, the wrong conclusion here? I'm almost sure of it. You like right. one link? Go back. Go back one. There you go. Perkins Coey, yeah. Yep, that's them. They're sp yep. they're sharing a workspace currently with the FBI. FBI. Yep. Democratic Party aligned law firm sharing workspace with the FBI. That's who she paid. Almost $18,000 to in 2018. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That's where we're at. So we're going to be digging a little bit deeper into that relationship and exactly what she hired them to do for that $18,000. And why she hired them instead of any other law firm in the world. So that's our friend Crystal. Now we're going to dig into um, Sagar. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll throw a little bit. I'll li I'm looking at chat and Big Mad Crab, who's in the chat. And again, shout out to Crab on the video. Uh, he's pointing out that Reed Hoffman uh, is one of the larger funders of this. Now, this is the expenditures, but where did the PAC actually get its money from? And a lot of it is funded by Reed Hoffman or a PAC that was founded by Reed Hoffman, funded by Reed Hoffman. Okay, who's a large Russia gator, who also uh, was one of the people involved with the Shadow app that ended up screwing Bernie out of the Iowa caucus in 2020. So right. I wanted to get into Sagar and Marshall a little bit and talk a little bit about the realignment. So the realignment's a podcast hosted by, of course, Breaking Points co-host Sagar and Jetty and Marshall Kosloff. And as a journalist, as journalist Alan McLeod, shout out to Alan, he's amazing, love Alan McLeod, reported in Mid Press News that the podcast 
along with his two co-hosts, was previously funded by the Hudson Institute, a pro-Iraq war, pro war think tank funded by weapons manufacturers like Raytheon and Northrop Grumman. Again, I'm going to include Robbie Martin's tweet, and actually uh, Robbie reached out and said he, he thought the article was, was pretty good. So thank you, Robbie, for nice. checking it out and for, for res responding. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. He, he said he thought it had a little bit of a Jimmy Jimmy Dore sycophantish feel and had too much Jimmy in there, but that's okay. I, I, I feel that. So it's, it's all good, dude. Hmm. Aww. Aww. <laughs> um, breathe. Breathe, my son. You all right? Sorry, coffee went down the wrong way. Down the wrong way? Sure did. That's Colin's fault. Thanks, Colin. Thank you. So just to show you that the Hudson Institute, <clears throat> again, which has contracts with Raytheon and Northrop Grumman, just how much money have they made in the last month? This is Seeking Alpha, searching the term Raytheon yeah. and searching the term Northrop Grumman right. Over the last 30 and days worth of articles. Okay? Okay. Raising their so, dividend by 10%. One more time. Who, who, who's this from? This is from Seeking Alpha. Okay? And again, Northrop Grumman right. and Raytheon are funding the Hudson Institute, which are funding yes. the Realignment Podcast. <clears throat> and also have been featured right. on Breaking Points. And that's where James Lynch... Right. Okay, is is a neocon, and and what's seeking alpha again? That's a it's a stock website. Okay, so I was looking up, gotcha. you know, uh, stock news for each of these companies to see, you know, uh, public announcements of contracts won. So podcast right. guest list is full of hardcore neocons such as Mike Pompeo. Of course, we we're no stranger to uh, the Assange case, of course. And he's going to be testifying apparently in a Spanish courtroom about his involvement in that case. Yep. Other guests include Josh Rogan, a Washington Post columnist who pushes for almost every war, total neolib. Josh Hawley, a neocon senator who consistently pushes for a new Cold War with China and push Biden harder on sanctions uh, to put harsher sanctions on Iran and Russia. And then, of course, Old Tom Cotton, one of the most extreme right wingers in in the Senate, young and dangerous. Yeah. Okay, of course, he wrote an op-ed arguing that the U.S. military should deploy troops against anti-racist protesters domestically. He also led a letter to the Iranian premier undermining the president. I mean, it was how, how he was able to get away with that still, I just, I can't believe. But <clears throat> here's where it starts to get interesting. According to Marshall's Twitter bio, that the podcast is also part of the Lincoln Network. Now, that's not the Lincoln Project, but it is okay. something that needs to be investigated and looked into a little bit at Join Lincoln, which is a boutique think tank that works with policymakers and tech innovators to promote market-oriented ideas to strengthen innovation. He's a lobbyist. And he's oh, using the podcast. Of course he's a lobbyist. Oh, God. Why? All right. So, the podcast two co-hosts have extremely sketchy backgrounds. Alan McLeod reported that Sagar started his career at the Institute for the Study of War, 
which is a hyper-hawkish think tank funded by arms manufacturers, also ties to big money, big arms. And Jetty has also studied counterterrorism studies at the Israeli University IDC Herzliya, uh, which has a f board full of former CIA officials and former Mossad chiefs. That's also a little problematic. There he is with his former boss on 2020, in 2020, uh, when he was on Fox News. That, uh, the Steph uh, tweet, too. It's so bad that like right there. Jimmy Dore goes on Fox News, but this guy actually like worked for Tucker, but that's that's cool. All good. Yeah. Hold Sager. on. Hold on. Go ahead. Hold on. Wait. I'll find it. Wait. Um, I have a thing from uh Steph. Where is it at? Um it's on Get Indie News our Twitter, which if you're not following our Twitter, uh you should be. Um where is it? Like how far down is it? You know? I do not know. We have a lot of tweets, um, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, can I search? Like you doing a Marshall thing? Is that what this is? I don't know where you're going. Uh, no, it's the uh, the one with um Steph talking about the Hudson Institute. Oh, well, you clipped um, last night. I, I I don't know where that is, but um, I'm I'm looking for it. Okay, right so you but can keep going. In the meantime, Sagar often that. slips neocon talking points into breaking points. Uh, he once hosted pundit Jacob Helberg, who said that the United States needs to send arms to Taiwan in support of war with China if they invaded Taiwan. Um, of course, Jetty failed to disclose that Helberg works for the think tank CSIS, which is funded by arms manufacturers, oil companies, Western governments, and Gulf dictatorships. This propaganda has had a massive effect on Breaking Point's audience, and when polled, 57% of their audience voted in favor of war with China over Taiwan. Again, I don't know how surprising that is, because if half of their audience is coming from Sagar, which is more to the conservative flair, they're going to support this, anything military. He even once admitted that he supported unipolar hegemony, uh, hegemony saying, uh, I want to write the affairs of the, war, the world, the rules of the road. I want to be the only blue water Navy. And, we, you know, again, um, uh, Crab had that in his clip. I am not for like a multipolar world. And a lot of socialists that I've argued with, they are very comfortable and okay with multipolarity. I mean, they've laughed at me. So what, is that? So what is a multipolar Right, so they, they've like? laughed at me when I'm like, God, we'll be doomed to Europe. And they're what like, is? oh, well, in Europe they have healthcare. And I'm like, yeah, but they also have no say over the global affairs of the world. I want to write the affairs of the world, the rules of the road. I want to be the only blue water navy. I don't want the Chinese ruling the Straits of Malacca and the South China Seas because I believe America, for me, it's about freedom. America and American citizens are less free with a global authoritarian superpower like China that is rising in the East. Global authoritarian um, superpower, fear-mongering China. What? Rock on over to your, your Twitter real quick. And I DM'd you that uh, our our thing. Okay. Um, well, I'll have to uh, give you one second here. Go to your messages. Ding 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 yeah. ding 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 ding. We need like the technical difficulties music. We have like the the, the technical yeah. difficulties music. Okay. Ding ding ding. Okay, we're back. So. Yeah. On tonight's Jimmy Dore show, let's watch the wonderful Steph Morano. Did you guys see the video on home wrecking points 
breaking Sabby and CJ at RBN did yesterday. It's a must watch. You should play the short clip. They did hilarious. Find out who funds them. Reefer after dark. You know, I, I did watch me? somebody sent it to me and, uh, and, uh, they were talking about uh, breaking points and that, uh, it was, uh, that, <laughs> That they constantly, you know, everybody in the stratosphere will refer to Jimmy, you know, like saying that he's some sort of right winger. And, um, you know, I think what they don't understand is that where Jimmy's coming from, it, it, it appeals to people, you know, not to just somebody who thinks that they're a liberal or somebody who uh, says that they're conservative, that you know, Jimmy's point of view is like an every person's point of view and his seeking of truth is engaging. And so where some people will say, oh, do you see the people that watch his show? OK, rein it in, everybody, uh, because I think what's the funny part is the people have mistaken breaking points as some sort of uh, left nirvana. I, and it's like how I. Uh, I mean, Sauger is a right winger. And um, what? who is the other person that they've invited on his platform is um, Marshall Kozloff. And Markle, Michael Kozloff and Sauger do a podcast called The Realignment. And they're both fellows of the Hudson Institute, which is a conservative think tank. <laughs> Surprise. Surprise, everybody! Surprise! Yeah, um, I think I, th I think we were we were already there, God, but yes, thank you, Steph. And you smart. Thank you. You know. So here's interestingly, and we're gonna watch a couple minutes of this. Marshall has an e equally sketchy background. So in the documentary on the Israel lobby, the lobby on the by the Electronic Intifada. Um, <clears throat> Marshall shown taking part in a neo neocon-funded AstroTurf counter-protest to a pro-BDS protest. When the documentary host points out that this sounded like AstroTurfing, Marshall responds with saying, this is AstroTurfing. The protest was funded by the neocon Hoover Institution. Okay, he's also a media fellow at the neocon Hudson Institute. According to his LinkedIn page in 2014, he won the Campus Activist of the Year from APAC, the Israel Lobby. We're going to talk a little bit about On Deck. Of course. <clears throat> yep. But, well, l l let's watch a couple minutes of this. This is, this is one of those things where either it's going to be amazing and we're going to defeat BDS, or we're just broken. The protesters are on a fellowship program run by a conservative think tank called the Hoover Institution. The whole fellowship is scrappy. It's like, you guys are being like foot soldiers in the conservative movement. This is actually the first foot soldier activity that I think we've been forced to do. Tony, what's your connection to the conspiracy that we're all part of? Yeah. Diesel project. So you can't uh, not come. Their plan is to disrupt the National Conference of Students for Justice in Palestine. Marshall said that the pro-Israel protest had been poorly planned. It's a very fly-by-the-pants procedure. It was basically just like Noah Paula coming and being like, look, there are these jihadis who basically <laughs> yeah. support suicide bombing, and they're at a campus, and you have to stop them. 
So I changed the shadow Arabs. What? As we're leaving, we mentioned to our boss yesterday that we're going. She's like, oh yeah, that's mandatory. You need to go. While they've been told they have to take part in the protest, not everyone on the bus is convinced it's good for their reputation. What? Do you know what my worst nightmare is? I'm actually not kidding. It's a photo of Dion and I together. And we're just like clearly identifiable. And they're like, oh, we're these like traitors who sold out to the Jewish conspiracy for money. I'm like, we did. We cost $50,000 plus benefits. What? As the bus leaves, they discuss whether there's any point in staging the protest. $50,000 plus benefits. Of using the protesting tactic against them? Well, that's not, a, that's not our demographic. They don't. Like, the reason protests work is when, like, the people involved really care about it and, like, want to be there. But that's no, what we're supposed to do because they keep existing and they keep expanding. And no matter how many lawmakers come out against BDS, they keep growing. Well, no, you're right. Like, we should do something. But at the end of the day, like, the notion that the right is ever going to dominate any sort of campus protest is ridiculous. You can't just let them. Well, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying and that's that what happened. If wow. I were a high-level Jewish donor, I would be like a little more realistic about the expectations. So what would you do if you were a high-level Jewish donor? I continue to do what, what you're doing, which is focusing on the actual power structures that you power structures in themselves. Like the reality is there's not a single college president in this country that would actually sign BDS. There is not a but single- They all allow SGP to exist on their campus. Because of free speech, they cannot let them. So what are they supposed to do about it? When a protest is sponsored and organized- wow. like, yeah. He's, uh, he's, he's trying to at least make- explain that? He's at least trying to like make an From argument. Like, like, wow. Wow, like that, what he's being explained to, and this is the entire conservative, again, well, the, it's Arabs bad and everybody else good. And he's trying to be like, well, like, are you sure about that? And he's asking questions. He's concerned. But meanwhile, he participated in this whole thing. He asked the questions. He certainly had the moral questions and then proceeded to go ahead and, and do it. And Defin ignore them. Defin right. Definitely heavily, heavily questionable. Okay. Um, and again, talks about astroturfing later on and that it was funded by the Hoover Institution, and it was designed to disrupt a BDS, a legitimate BDS protest, and provide an astroturfed counter-narrative where people were being paid to protest the counter-protest. I mean, it's just... Right. To, to make to it, to make, right to way. artificially, right, to artificially make it appear like there were a bunch of people that felt this passionately the same way, but they're not that they're being paid and it's part of their job. So... What's really interesting yeah. also I found is that if you look at his thing about on deck, it says executive producer at Be On Deck Media. However, when I go to the On Deck website, it doesn't say executive producer. It says podcast lead. Ah, that certainly doesn't say executive producer. So on top of everything else, I have a question as to who is on deck, what is his role there, did they fund the show, do they fund him, do they provide support, what exactly are they? And we can talk about them, and that's some of the things that we're also going to get into in one of our follow-ups. Yeah. But since this is running a little long, and we do have a couple more things to cover in here, I want to talk about The Intercept a little bit, our not-so-favorite outlet that you know, kind of started this all fierce adversarial journalism, quote unquote. Um, one of my heroes and 
it's so disappointing to have to do an article like this and talk about this this publication like this and to see the fall from, fall from grace that they've had and maybe it wasn't necessarily a fall from grace entirely and maybe we were fooled into thinking that it was more progressive than it actually was it did always have Pierre Omidyar and and his billionaire funding behind it. We felt like it had right. integrity when it came to hiring Glenn Greenwald and Jeremy Scahill and Laura Poitras and letting them run wild and be the, you know, the journalist that, that they were um, without having right. fear of being fired for their words. Um, however... Uh, what we've seen is that The Intercept now is in, is infamous for censoring its founder, Glenn Greenwald's reporting on the Hunter Biden laptop story in 2020. His reporting was censored because of the evidence-free claim from former intelligence spooks that the, that the contents of his laptop were Russian disinformation. And there's a great segment on Jimmy Dore. It's a complete walkthrough of everything that happened. It's about 40-some-odd minutes long. Definitely uh, watch that yeah, I remember ex it. excellent segment. Okay. But the claim has since been proven false, of course, with mainstream media outlets such as Politico, WAPO, New York Times, confirming the contents of the laptop. And in his resignation letter, he offered a scathing critique of The Intercept. Uh, Glenn wrote that The Intercept had become indistinguishable from the mainstream media outlets, that it was set up to oppose writing. And I can't disagree. I can't agree with him more. Um, Rather than offering a venue for airing dissent, marginalized voices, and unheard progressives, it is rapidly becoming just another media outlet with mandated ideological and partisan loyalties, a rigid and narrow range of permitted viewpoints ranging from establishment liberalism to soft leftism, but always anchored in the ultimate support for the Democratic Party. A deep fear of offending uh, hegemonic uh, cultural liberalism and center-left luminaries, uh, Twitter luminaries, an overarching need uh, to secure the approval and admiration of the very mainstream media outlets we created the Intercept to oppose, critique, and subvert. Outside of Glenn's articles, the Intercept often toes the security state line on crucial issues. For example, the Intercept often published uh, pushed a pro-regime uh, change line on um, Syria. So, for example, The Intercept published an article titled Russia Sows Doubts Over, Chemi over a Chemical Weapons Attack in Syria, aided by pro-Trump cable channel um, that yeah. claimed anyone questioning the alleged chemical attack in Duma was repeating Russian propaganda. Uh -huh. And you've got Robert Mackey doing that. Okay. Talking about an obscure channel in San Diego got access to the site, okay, before chemical weapons inspectors did. Since this article, what whistleblowers within the OPCW, the chemical weapons watchdog that inspected the site at Duma, leaked documents, of course, to WikiLeaks. Oh, I, I, I misspelled WikiLeaks with that. That proved that the chemical attack was indeed a false flag. WikiLeaks. Mm -hmm. uh, the Intercept also published an article after Trump's bombing of Syria titled, Dear Bashar al-Assad, apologists, your hero is a war criminal, even if he didn't gas Syrians. That implied critics of the dirty war in Syria were supporting Bashar al-Assad. Right. <clears throat> and that's our old friend, Mehdi Hassan, who uh, Richard Medhurst definitely yeah. would like to throw a shoe at. They've even hidden documents yeah. that would have prevented the dirty war in Syria, as Whitney Webb reported him in Press News. They withheld an yeah. NSA doc that may have altered the course of the entire Syrian war. 
They waited until 2017 to publish documents from Edward Snowden that proved the so-called moderate rebels were actually being funded by the Saudi Arabian government. They also whitewashed large jihadist elements within Syria's U.S.-backed rebels. They once used Bilal Abdul Karim, uh, Abdul Karim as a source, a journalist, quote-unquote, who's a member of Al-Qaeda Syria, al-Nusra. Al-Nusra. <laughs> okay, there you go. American journalist in rebel-held Syria reports barely, barely dodging a missile strike. They even went so far as to give a softball interview to one of Syria's al-Qaeda leaders. They've repeated State, State Department line on Nicaragua, publishing an article entitled How Nicaragua Uses Anti-Terror Laws Against Protesters to Suppress Dissent. What the article fails to mention is that the protests were actually a violent coup attempt supported by CIA cut out the NED where Sandinista supporters were yeah. tortured daily. Highly problematic. Most importantly, the Intercept has partnered with Bellingcat, a pro-war propaganda outlet closely connected to the U.S. and U.K. governments with intel ties. Yep. That's a big problem. So let's get back Very to how, how did the Intercept come to be? Well, it was founded with a $50 million donation put in by Pierre Omidyar, a billionaire and co-founder of eBay. Mm -hmm. uh, he himself has been involved, he was also a PayPal, I believe, in financially supporting Western regime change operations around the world. Journalist Mark Ames reported on leaked documents that show that in 2014, he funded the Maidan coup in Ukraine along with Western governments. In a lengthy yeah, investigation on Omidyar journalists, Max Blumenthal and Alexander Rubenstein uh, reported that Omidyar uses his wealth to advance Washington's policy, goodness gracious, of regime change and has partnered with CIA cutouts such as USAID and the NED. Blumenthal and Rubenstein wrote of Omidyar, quote, behind the image, he's cultivated himself as a progressive philanthropreneur. He's wielded his media empire to advance the Washington consensus in a strategic hotspots around the globe. His fortune helped found an outlet to, to propel a destabilizing coup in Ukraine. He's helped establish a network of oppositional youth activists and bloggers in Zimbabwe. And in the Philippines, he's invested in an oppositional news site that is honoring corporate surveillance techniques like a mood meter to capture non-rational reactions. Meanwhile, he's partnered with closely with the U.S. Uh, with the leading arms of U.S. soft power from USAID to NED, acting as a conduit for information warfare style projects in countries around the world. They're the American version of Bellingcat. So they've also been widely criticized, of course, for opposing grassroots movements that upset the Democratic Party. For example, Jimmy Doris pointed out that many reporters from The Intercept, such as Ryan Grimm, were opposing his campaign to force a vote on Medicare for all. In Doors' view, this was the intercept running interference to protect politicians from having to them having to answer to the grassroots campaigns that helped get them elected in the first place. He said the intercept's interference was to take the heat of politicians who are abandoning you. Ryan Grimm is running interference for these politicians that are abandoning you, and that's what the intercept and Ryan Grimm are, are there to do. <clears throat> and Pierre is not the only billionaire that's around them. Uh, it appears that he's stepped back in his donations, and that happens every couple of years. But he's got a good friend, and his name's a guy by the name of Dustin Moskowitz. Our buddy Robbie Yeager found this one. 
right now, the one of the funding, and again, this is 2018. Silicon Valley Community Foundation is one of the principal contributors to First Look Media Works. $31 million. $31 million. Okay. So. Hostages show up? What? Um, no. Million dollars, is that why? Yeah, the Silicon Valley Community Foundation. Yep, there you go. Contributions and grants. Two how many zeros is that? That's a lot of that's a lot of zeros. Two billion? Sixteen million. Two billion? Two billion dollars. Silicon Valley Community Foundation. I like how they tacked on that extra sixteen mil, because like thirty two million, you know, went to the intercept. Right. Oh, First look media works. Same people. Just showing you who they are and what they're about. That's Elizabeth Carey, who is the principal officer. I would like to be the principal officer of a $2 billion fund. Well, maybe someday. Uh-huh. Anyway, so that's our friends at The Intercept. And again, there's more here. Apologies for the typos. We're going to go in and we're going to clean these up. I've been catching them and, oh, my God, now it's embarrassing. Okay, so <laughs> finally... We have, and this hurts me almost as much as anything else, because I am a big fan of Matt Stoller. I think Matt Stoller does phenomenal work, especially on Monopolies. However, he has a blog that I'm a big fan of, a Substack, Big by Matt Stoller, and he talks about domestic politics and Monopolies, like I said. However, his extremely hawkish foreign policy views, namely on China, Daniel Bessner, reported that he supported Biden's ramping up tensions with China because the Chinese government's goal is to get rid of democracy worldwide and because the CCP is the modern Nazi party. Stoller pushes the idea that the West is supporting an international globalist order that China is trying to subvert. As journalist Robert Wright wrote, Stoller thinks China's goal is to subvert the current international global order. He's often seen collaborating with Crystal and Sagar to push neocon propaganda about China. In his appearance on Rising, Stoller fear-mongered about China infiltrating Hollywood and the NBA and claimed the U.S. government was too soft on China in what was very reminiscent of Russiagate fear-mongering about China, but this time about China. I believe that was during COVID and the NBA was talking about where they're going to play and with the shots and everything else. And then there was also about right. questioning China policy. Rising, of course, has been suspicious since its beginning. In its early days, it was hosted by Crystal Ball and Buck Sexton, a former CIA agent. Back then, it didn't have a populist slant to it. Sexton would often pump out mainstream neocon segments, such as an interview with a former national security advisor to push Trump's war with Iran. The show began as populist bent when Sagar joined. Robbie Martin, journalist and researcher who focuses on neocon infiltration of the populist right, has pointed out that since that once and Jetty joined, Rising basically became a repackaged version of the realignment. On Rising, Sagar would often repeat Neocon talking about China, but frame it as using the language of populism. Examples of this are segments titled, John Cena's disgusting bow to China reveals how sold out U.S. elite is, and NBA China problems show how corporations have sold out America. Right, this, this segment titled shows how Sagar pushes China bashing under the guise of being anti-elite and anti-corporations. Eventually, after leaving the Hill, Rising turned into the independent YouTube channel Breaking Points. Their new network 
is full of China hawks and billionaire-funded uh, media, shows that they are continuing their long tradition of offering a corporate-friendly alternative to the mainstream media. And then this there was the segment to hear uh, on INN News, which starts about an hour and a half in and runs for the rest of the show. So everybody's, uh, and again, we're, this is a developing story on a list. Here is the active content creator list right now at, um, at INN. And we've got, nice. this is actually an older list because we've got Kobe and we don't have Joe and we don't have Crab and we don't have a couple people. So I have to update that. Well, there's Crab. Yeah. He's there. There's Daryl, Black in the Empire. Check him out. Definitely. Uh, but I also wanted okay. to shout out one other thing tonight, and that's Joe. <laughs> uh, let me get to... Okay. Ah! I had it loaded up here, and then I lost it. I had it, I had it, I had it. I lost it. Here it is. Hey guys, it's Crystal. And Sagar. We have an amazing announcement for you. We are starting a brand new, totally independent show. Could not be more excited about it. We want to compete with CNN, Fox News, MSNBC. They've got endless resources, but we've got you. Guys, if you haven't canceled your Breaking Points subscription to I don't know what you're doing. Get on it. These people are literally like promoting economic warfare and real warfare with China. Should not be giving them your money. That's something else that we're really proud of is that um, the audience has really different views across the entire spectrum. No one's actually holding these fucks accountable because they brainwashed their entire audience into thinking that we should be going to war with China. Breaking Points has been in a network with most of the same issues as corporate media. And he says, got to give the viewers of Breaking Points what they want. So who is the viewers? This is a question they've asked. If China were to invade Taiwan, would you support the United States coming to Taiwan's defense. Yeah, that's that's a right wing China. 57% said yes. Now we are able to partner with all these great people. Shut the fuck up, Sagar. So that's the main graphic for everybody <laughs> together. Breaking points as the guy that's against force to vote. What is happening over here with breaking points? Just weird, oh. like, conflicts of interest of him pushing oh, a Democratic God. Party and he happened to be married to a Democrat. And then there was one video I was watching when he was like, yeah, I know some Democrats. And I paused it, Nick. I mean, I paused it, Rome. And I was like, what do you mean you know so many Democrats? You're fucking a Democrat. <laughs> yeah. Breaking points as the team who censored yeah. Glenn Greenwald. And Sabrina, aka Savvy Sab, she put the right comment up for this next graphic. And that is for Marshall K. Go fuck yourself, you fucking egghead nerd. I don't give a fuck about your committee shit. Why don't you stop saying that stupid shit? That's directed at Matt. It's a tumultuous time, it's a sad time, and it's a dangerous time. But there is not a reason to give up on the fact that every day, the harder we work and the more people that we expand and more, that we actually can change with the status quo. You know, change feels like it's not happening and then it happens all at once. Shut the fuck up, Sagar. What does this say to you? Does this scream revolution? Does this no. scream the this scream urgency? Uh, we want to continue to upgrade this studio. Uh, we need to fix some of the lights. Shut the fuck up, Sagar. Not everything's propaganda. Sagar is just an anti-China hack who comes from the Hudson Institute, which is one of the most anti-China conservative think tanks on the planet. So look, guys, if you can help us out, you know, I know how hard you guys work. And I know how hard it is out there. Inflation and all that. Shut the fuck up, Sagar. Uh, we need to fix some of the lights. Shut the fuck up, Sagar. You know, if you're used to consuming mainstream news content, yeah. and you're not used to watching YouTube shows and you see something that has, you know, a more minimalist background or more casual vibe to it, then mm -hmm. there, I think there is a natural instinct to be like, ah, that's not, that's right. not serious. That's, right. that's not that's real. Right. They have 80,000 people subscribed to them right now. 800. Think of, think of the minds that they are poisoning. Think about all 
the uh, all the rage that people have built up inside of them that they are keeping down. They are wetting out people fire. And if you can really support us, become a founding member. It's a one-time payment of $1,500. Shut the fuck up, Sager. So fuck Marshall, fuck Kyle, fuck Sager, fuck all these people. They, these people are our opposition and we need to treat them like so. Shut the fuck up, Sager. <laughs> Who are these people? Who are these people? Hey guys, it's Crystal. Who are and these Sager. people? So, thank you everybody. Uh, that was fun. Uh, let's go back to me and Reef. Uh, that was that. That's all I had, and that that was our story uh, on Breaking Point so far. Um, there's going to be more. We're going to be doing a follow up. Uh, I'm also going to be going on live with Franco tomorrow. Okay. Talk about it on INN. Yep. Um, we'll be talking about the follow up on INN. I'm gonna be talking about this tomorrow night with with Frank on his show. Um, and 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 most importantly, I need I need some eye bleach after all that. Oh God, I need a shower. But here, let's let's get to some boats. So here we go. And I watch mindless shit. Boats that smash into other boats. I don't know what happened. Boats smashing other boats. Psh. Yep. You got cool. you, you you there um, now? We're hanging out with Reef. I think so. I think so. I think hi everybody. Hi boys and girls. Y'all ready? Okay. Um we gotta stop letting people who have never smoked weed determine what weed does and doesn't help you do. I I think that's that's a pretty good idea. I am down with that. Seven fifteen twenty one. We're still did you see the Fox News? Uh like weed is makes you violent did you see that that um, was like laura ingram or something right she was talking about that yeah yeah uh but anyway um <laughs> which room would you rather be in yeah nice look at that the non-smoking room <laughs> that's great that one i love that they know they know um so this thing was, I just thought was cool. Um, Yo, we got a special one here. So this is a scrunched image of three-dimensional cubes. Yeah. And I drew them in a way so that they would have shading to kind of accent like the third dimension. Right. And then for the center part, got my classic combo style with an 18-point portal mandala, micro Kenny style or modern. These are all dogs, words. And then something special on the backside. I went with my classic 13 color rainbow color scheme and I did grayscale inside of the mandala to kind of accent like the gray cubes. Okay. Yeah. And uh very happy with how it turned out. It's a t-shirt. It's tada, son. Look at that. I was very careful not to get any of the rainbow into the gray cubes. And here's that backside I was telling you about. Cuber. Let me know what you think. That's dope. It makes me think of Cubert. Yeah, you I like it. Q-Bert? I sure did when I was a kid. Oh, wow. Very frustrating, and it seems like it's so simple, you know. But um, nice, like that's great. Forget about the degree. <laughs> oh, I love it. You got you one. Um, love it. Got a roar and everything. Look at you. It sure does. It looks like a roar. Doing it up. Um, or maybe a graphics. Can't tell. No, I think um, that's a roar. 
<laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, I could watch it. that all day. Love it. After today, oh. I could definitely watch that all day. Oh, this right. is not going to bode well for the kid in the red shorts. Right? Oh, not where I thought it was going, but that's that's not good. No. No, I thought no. the kid was going to get hit in the nuts with a ball. Almost. Um, just hit in the head, bonked in the head with the bat. Nice. Um, all right, sound's got to be on for this one. It's 10 seconds, so copyright can get boned. DMCA, DMCA. Uh-oh. He did time it perfectly to hit the cans at that moment. That's great. It, it was good. Warren talked about last night uh, on a secret show, which is secret. Don't tell nobody. Um, secret. But you know, if you go back and find it, um, he was talking about how this guy like in the middle of new york just like stops like top down turns turns that up you know like and just plays that part like he had to stop right where he was to hear that bit you know um but anyway i just thought that was funny mm -hmm. um you taking your kids to the zoo yet indy no but they just did a a, a project on giraffe so this is this should be fun yeah. Uh-oh. 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 Hey, 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 let go. Let go of the leaf, kid. <laughs> okay, mommy should not be laughing that hard. Oh, or maybe she, she should. should. Maybe she should. Um, this one's this one's also good. You'll like this one. And this lady's accent is pretty good too. I'm gonna call the boogeyman. No, no, no. Santa! I'm not calling Santa, I'm calling the boogeyman. Yeah, eat her toes, cause she's bad. No, I think. Yeah, take her fingers and toes. No! <laughs> oh. Oh, that's just mean. That's just mean. It's like, no, I'm going to call the boogeyman. That's just mean. You know? Wow. They love each other. It's fine. No, believe me. I do that to my kids all day. I totally understand. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is how they make you feel, don't they? You know? Like, just, like, that's that's definitely the mom. Just like, I'm, I'm done. Mm, no. That was my wife today. That, there is the parent stare. That's what it is. Just the 40 yard. That was my know. wife today. Like, he was done. Was it? Oh, yeah. Oh, I love how even this tiger is just like, oh, God, why did I have these? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, uh. <sighs> anyway, you ready? Let's go. <laughs> like, oh. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> that's great i made it 
Like it's like the fucking Kool Aid Man. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> like. Oh, sorry, that one's dumb. All right, we've been watching baseball stuff all all week. Uh, because of the John Boy media, it's it's pretty funny actually, even if you don't like baseball. But I want him to to cover this. You ready? Mm hmm. All right. What? Is he gonna hit? And... Get He's the out hell of out of here! <laughs> Get the hell out of here! What? Dude, that's like some kind of magical wizard dog. I love how he does the spin. Like, he spins it, you know? Gives him the spin move. Hits X on that PlayStation, you know? Dude, that's, um, that's impressive. Oh, God. Waffles, why? Waffles! I know, I know, I know. You have new friends, but they don't want to play with you like that. They don't want to play tag. Come on. I love that. Waffles. Like, fucking. Ow. Ass. God. Um. This is just, like. I'm not sure if it's scary or cool. One of. Who's out? Woo! Oh my god. What what is he flying on? How how Oh he's on like a parasailer, okay. Yeah, he's like... Yeah, yeah, no, I got it. I got it. I know what he's on. He's on like a hang glider. Yeah. Wow. Okay, it's eating my feet now. What's he gonna do to him? Oh, that was it. Okay. That's cool. That He's just it. chilling. That's a cool bird. He's just chilling. Yep. Cool. Cool little bird. This one. This one. I'm not sure if is like in our universe. Um, well, how do you I think get it up there? Defies oh gravity. How are we gonna get him down? What the fuck is a turtle doing up a telephone pole? <laughs> what a great commentary. What the fuck is a turtle doing up a telephone pole? <laughs> oh, that's great. Love it. Oh, Noli. Ah, oh, Noli. Oh, she just shared something on Twitter that's really funny. Maybe, maybe. maybe. Yes, I also shared that. It's pretty good. That is pretty damn funny. Um, and action. Oh, my kids went to one of those bubble shows. Oh, that's creepy. Right. Oh, that's creepy. Yeah, it's like, what the fuck is this? Oh, what, what is fuck? this? What is this wizardry? Yeah, <gasps> <Kitty>! Warren. <laughs> Kitty. Oh, it popped. It popped. It popped. Shut the but fuck up, Sogger. What... <laughs> I know. can't get that sound out of my head from Hey Coach. Shut the fuck up, Sogger. Oh, all right. Welcome to Florida. WTF. That, that's a gator, isn't it? Well, look how fast he is. Oh, dude. Listen, I'm so. 
Watch out. Oh! <laughs> Come on. Oh, God. The scream at the end is the best. It's like Luigi showed up? What? What happened? Is that Waluigi? <laughs> this one's good. All right. Can I get it like zoom down? Okay, right here. No, stop. I want. You sure you want? Okay. <laughs> like, oh, fuck <laughs> you. And your shit. I'm tired of it. I do it this show all the time. Okay. Life gives hey. lemons. Beef well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. In all fairness, <laughs> he asked for the lemon. Come on. Right. Yes, he did. But, like, he didn't know. He was just well, like, ooh, taste a treat. I like yellow's food. That's yellow. And like, oh. You know, <laughs> well, your shit. stop asking. You know? Okay. You can uh, have it. You'll learn. You learn. I wonder, that's how you learn. I wonder who did it. I wonder. That's how you learn. Uh, I wonder who did it. Ooh, Dad zone. The toilet paper all the way in. Dad zone. <gasps> Titty! <laughs> oh, look at the look, the guilt! The guilt! So you know, good. I did nothing, what do you mean? I have done nothing. The guilt is... Just, no, who, who put this here? What? Um. Toilet paper? What toilet paper? So, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure. People are going to tell me how they feel about this one. That's a thousand. Two thousand. I'm so happy for you. That's ten thousand. In cash. She's holding $20,000 in cash in her hand. to get these big checks cashed, you know? Well, they ask Happy Gilmore. Um, right? Um, he had a whole stack of them in the back of his car. Like, I mean, that seems cool, right? Dude, that's awesome. Like, yeah. Nice. You know? yeah. This is how you treat uh, your employees. That's good. Yeah. Why should, I think they were closing on a house. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that thing's gonna turn around and fuck with him. 
Oh, I would not want to be in the hood. Uh-oh. Rut row. Rut row. Come on. Come on. Come on. Oh, no, no. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. What? What? What the fuck? See, those some country boys. They yeet. What? What were they trying to do there? I mean, get the bull? Like that ran away from the rest of the herd. Oh, okay. From the herd. Okay. They're trying to catch it. Right. Mm. Like, yeah, they had to catch it. But like, I mean, you kind of want to catch a just free bull. You don't want to end up in any China shops. Really? Ah, okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, oh, like we've seen what happens. We've yeah. seen what happens yeah. when they get in China shops. Yeah. Oh, I know this. So, do you? You know no. what? Oh! Ow! Oh! He's biting me! <laughs> Ow! 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 Yeah. Ow! 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 Please, just take it. Take it. Take Please. the money. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Oh my! Put your window up, you dummy! Bit by a camel. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Damn, dude. Like, yeah, you don't want to play with them camels. They'll spit right at you. No. <laughs> that one didn't even spit. It just... Oh, it just bit right at you. I'm just... Oh, oh. It's mine. Oh, come on. What? What do we got? <laughs> like, nice. It's just... It just is. I love it. It just is funny. I love it. Um, That's great. What we got next? Oh my god, this one. Uh, this this one's a like it's you, you got to be along for this ride. It's okay. Which one? Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> oh no! I think there may be some alcohol involved. Like, wait, wait, listen, listen to what she says right at the beginning, though. Broke out my window. He broke out my window. Oh, did he? Did he break out that window? What'd you break, though? Wow. Like, wow. Right through the screen door. Well, there wasn't much of a screen to be, to, to be fair. No. But Damn. it is funny. Um... So you were talking about baseball, right? Yeah. Um, can you can you guess what could happen? Uh, somebody's getting hit Somebody somewhere. Did. Oh! Oh! Did you hear it? Did you oh hear yeah, it? I sure oh. did. Pop! Oh, that was right off the eye socket. Ow! Oh! Like. Yeah, he's going to have a headache tomorrow. Oh, gonna, my God. Going to have a headache tomorrow. Baba Yaga. What's up? Um, Baba Yaga? 
the boogeyman. What um, what in the fresh hell is this? Do you like, do you like water Malone? No, I do not. My, my kids do. Okay. What the F and F? <laughs> what? Do you know what's going on? I don't I, know what's going on. I, I do not. I don't I mean, quite understand. Watermelon, but clearly, it's I mean, going everywhere. Like... It's going all. Yeah. yeah. He was going all. Um. So speaking of Baba, you got. Um. Let's head on over to the lovely land of Russia. And we shall see what comrades are up to today. Not a very big piece of wood he's chopping. Not a very big axe. You hold the axe like this, you can, and you hit it. Dabai. One. Uh oh. Oh no! <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> I was not expecting that to happen. <laughs> Oh, that, that's the winner. Holy shit, that's great. What the hell is that? Oh, oh my god, that's great. Expanding foam. <laughs> like, like, you can do that with silly string, probably. Like, oh my god, that was great. Uh, you know, love like good it. stuff or whatever. So expanding foam can. Holy moly, that's awesome. Other expanding foams are available. That will leave a mark, um, for sure. So this guy should go get a lottery ticket after this. Because, like, all right, you go down the stairs, and then suddenly you hear a noise. What's that noise? Oh, God. What? <gasps> and now the only thing left is the staircase. Is the stairway you're in. What? Right. What do you, what do, you do? Like, um, wow. Okay. Sure. I don't know. But Damn. That's about <laughs> the stairs. You raise, I guess. Um, Damn. You know. Uh-oh. <laughs> almost. Before, but... Well, almost. <laughs> <laughs> and... <laughs> Why is buffering weird? There we go. Knees, knees, knees. Oh, <laughs> I think you played that one before, but that's great. Worth it again. I might have. I think I you did. Have. I think that's the one that you were like, did I play that before? I think you did. I might have. Mm. Um, watch this be. Watch this be that we hadn't. Still classic. You know, but we're too high to remember. We're both so high we don't remember because yeah. we saw something similar. <laughs> All, right. Yeah. All right, and. 
Wee. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. Oh, somebody jumps on this thing and stops it. I remember seeing this. You don't want to let it hit that plane. You don't want to let it hit that plane. I remember oh, seeing God, this. Away. This is this is my favorite thing. Like when when like actual working dudes have a problem, most of the time it's oh. just staring. Like one guy. Well, we'll stop. Uh, he's like, I got it. Yeah, that's definitely yeah. not what I thought <laughs> yeah. happened. But that's a good good thinking. Like, that's good thinking. Yep. I mean, it's a, it's just like I love how it's just nonchalantly he goes over, gets this like scoop thing, and be like, "All right, I got it." I'm just gonna stop you know? it in its tracks. Like, I think that might be a Newark Airport, actually. Yeah. You think? Yeah, a lot of United Continental airplanes. Yes. Um. So, you know, what? You don't need shoes that bad. Bro. Oh no! You don't, you don't need First of all, bad. why is there a porta potty in the middle of the street? Second of all. Oh, he moved it there. Oh, that's a good idea. Oh, oh. Ow. Okay. What is it? What is it? Oh, you're not going to try again, bro? What? Come uh, on, bro. That that really hurt, and I got traffic that's coming, so no. Uh, I mean, I'm done. you had one more chance. I think we're done. Oh. <laughs> Oh, go, 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 did I, did I lose chat here? What's going on? Right. I don't think so. Okay. I think chat's just slow. Okay. Um, but here, you're sitting here at work. You know, you're, 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 you're filing something, you know, and like, uh -oh. oh, God. Uh-oh. You hear a noise. Like, <laughs> right? God damn. Like, he looks over there like, ooh, what's that? Oh, that's a car. <laughs> like, that, he had enough time to look at it. Yeah, that's a car. You know? That's a car. Yeah, it's a car. And it's coming at me. Got it. Look at I should move. <laughs> like. Oh, <coughs> so. Manchester, New Jersey, huh? Don't, yes. Uh, I, you guys got to figure out what not to do in New Jersey. I feel like. You know? And it's not this. Whatever you do, don't mess with wires like that. What? Why would you ever? Oh, my God. And Why? this seems like an official person, right? Well, sort of, except that... Whoa! He just turned the whole sky dark. <laughs> Did you notice I, it was yeah. like daylight and now it's not? <laughs> Yeah, that's that's because of um, the lens. Yes, the I know. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, the f stop, sir. Actually, it's the f stop, which is the type it, it it controls the amount of light coming into the lens. Um, wow. All right. What? Um. Bro. Oh boy. Okay. Bro, this is this is your. You're gonna feel. <laughs> Oh, 
I was just at one of those places like the other day with my kids. Oh, one of those trampoline parks. Yeah, that. Oh. It's on the corner. He gets he's, bounced. He's not going to be feeling good for about a week. No. 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 Ow. That sucks. Ow. Yep. 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 Um, okay, what 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 went down here? <laughs> he nut shot at himself with confetti, no less. So it's oh, like I love those things. Sure. I love those things. Those exploding like, freaking confetti. Oh, my life is ending. I'm dead. I'm dying. Nice. Um. So I, we've all I think had the urge to do this, but never decided to, right? And I hope the car's okay. <laughs> it's fun to watch. Very satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> that is but pretty damn Jesse's funny. She's gonna use that next single. Um, yep. Sounds like a like a yeah. helicopter almost. Doesn't it? A little bit. Um, I think people in Reddit said it sounded like gunfire. You know, <laughs> war zone. Um, all right, and action. No straw? No wine? Anything else? No snack? <sighs> no kiss? So no head? <laughs> Her dad's there. Oh my god! Uh, he said, "You got him. He's got a point." <laughs> wow. Oh, funny. Oh, okay. Sure. <laughs> All right. Understood. This is, this is ridiculous. This is this person's favorite fight ever okay and action whoop and up and down little leg trip and matrix and, and drop kick like, nice what sure what is happening that has to be set up that's like some like wwe stuff right there you know Facebook's all over. They um, already DMCA'd this thing. Did they? How? Do thing. Well, no, they're just putting credited whoever on Storyful. Oh. Maybe for, like, music and stuff. I felt yeah. like I, I kept everything under 10 seconds, so. And it's always TikTok music that I'm like, always. is it? They get right? you. Is it not? It's always how they get you. Dude. 
please explain this man's thinking. Uh, Do you know what he's just done? Oh my god. Why? Why is there fire around his motorcycle? Uh, that's his gas tank. He just lit oh, that's his gas idea. tank on like, look, he's like, he's got the cap off and he like lit the cap, right? Or like lit the, you know, like the top of the well or whatever. Oh, <laughs> What? That's where the video ends. Oh, okay. We'll never know. We'll never know. I hope they're okay. Yeah. It doesn't look like they're going to be okay. Um, but we never saw them not be okay. So um, he's okay. Should be fine. <laughs> no eyebrows, but <laughs> yeah. he's okay. So this is some New York shit. I don't know what the fuck is happening, but we'll find out. Okay. That's a child's toy. Oh my god. Jesus Christ. Yeah, explain that. What happened? What was going on? Like I was a little person who tried to get out of a school bus and do some creepy shit with some kids. I'd be tossing his ass off the bus too. Fuck. Are you sure? I mean, but he had on the outfit and everything. I think he was yeah, exactly. to go to school again. You know? Woo. Um So do you like wheelies on motorcycles? Doesn't everybody? Wee, we do the toe touches. Uh oh. We like. Oh, I know. I'm gonna like uh -oh. touch the back with uh -oh. the hand. Oh no 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 no! Oh no! Oh no no no! Love it. Oh, this is just hubris, you know? Yeah. Um. So. This is an aluminum, uh, like extrude extrusion factory, mm -hmm. um, and like something happens. I don't know what. We got a blow off valve happening there with water, so we knew there's a fire somewhere. Guy goes back to get his like lunchbox and phone. Okay, all right, I'm out. Dude. Okay, I got my phone. Boom. You know. Like. Oh my God. And then it just opens up a portal to hell, pretty much. Sure. Um. That makes sense. Yeah. It's good that he got his lunch. Yeah. Yep. And his phone. He got his phone. He like, he's like, I got my phone. 
Like, you know. Ugh. Fire's crazy. Um, this is the last one. You know I like to end on bangs, right? So um, this one's going to be a ridiculous one. All right. Uh, the fire. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Dude, that's a mushroom cloud. That's a literal mushroom cloud. Dude, that's a literal mushroom cloud. What the fuck blew up? Like, straight up. I mean, there's like... Maybe like a tanker truck? Like, that's... Okay. I'm gonna say six foot. You know? And we're talking... I mean, like, at least, like, 10. So, you know, and that's, like, it goes way higher than that. Like, Dude. you know, that's a good 30, 40-foot fireball for sure. Okay, I'm scared. That's crazy. <laughs> I'm, I'm, so, I'm, I'm kind of scared. Yeah, me too. I mean, I think you would have gotten everyone out with a fire like that, you know? Like, you know, everyone kind of would back up, you know? Eric says, fire um, bad. Yes, fire bad. Fire's bad. Uh, Baba fire says bad. it's a propane explosion. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. That would make sense. Okay, so we're like, going back to... Go back to your full screen, you and me. Hey, okay. So, oh, I'm ready for a nap after that. Um, that was fun. Uh, we'll be back next week. That was, that was, that was, yeah. how do we miss that for episode 37? 37. Right. <laughs> Anyone who's seen the movie Clerks will get that reference. Um, not even supposed to be here today. I'm not even supposed to be here today. So, yeah, everybody check out Indie News Network, indienews.network, independentleft.news, leftist.today. You can find all our links at independentleft.media. Uh, again, indienews.network. You have the link tree, linktr.ee slash INN members, and that's going to have all the links to everybody. Of course, you have your link, tr.ee slash Reef Breland, and you'll be able to find all the Reef's links and be able to leave him some weed money and hook him up with some stuff. Um, again, subscribe. Appreciate everybody coming, hanging out. This is always fun. Um, stay tuned this week to indienewsnetwork.substack.com, and we're going to be releasing another Breaking Points article. And again, thank you so much. This has been How Did We Miss That for episode 37. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Keep listening to what little birds have to tell you. Later. If you like this podcast, please help our show grow by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on your favorite podcasting platform. For more content, you can follow Independent Left News on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at INDLeftNews and subscribe to our YouTube channel. To get news updates twice a day to your inbox, Subscribe via email on the independentleft.news website. 
Join our Jetstream 24-7 news and opinion discord at independentleft.gg with more than 50 channels, each dedicated to a different outlet, journalist, YouTuber, or political comedian. Thanks, everyone. Remember to check out independentleft.news in your browser and subscribe to our podcast for news updates.